Episode 24 of the Coys R Us podcast. We are now officially in the World Cup break. Spurs coming off a win against Leeds United. Four goals to three. Another comeback win, but what's new? And that follows a 2-0 loss to Nottingham Forest in the Carabao Cup. I don't know if you guys want to start with Let's start with Leeds. Let's start with Leeds. There were there were red cards in each game um, for the opposition. One game in which we lost and the other which we won. Um, Tottenham four, Leeds United three. Ben, it feels like we're 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 having the same conversation every episode now with these slow starts. Um, was this more of the same or did you notice anything different? Um, <clears throat> yes and no, right? It, it was more of the same in terms of us going down. Uh, but we weren't as passive in the first half as we have been in a lot of the, the games in which that's happened. Uh, I haven't actually looked that much at the stats, but it seemed like those, I mean, their, their goals that they scored early were on the counter, right? They, I would, I wouldn't exactly call them against the run of play. Cause I mean, they were nice, concise counters. They weren't, Kim can, can correct me here. I, I didn't see necessarily huge defensive errors. I mean, the defense over, overall didn't look great. They were, you know, all over the place. But it wasn't individual errors so much just getting caught on the counter with your, you know, too many men upfield. Um, <clears throat> it was obviously hugely encouraging to see how much of an impact Decky has on our on our offense. I mean, it was oh, just yeah. so much. Yeah, we, we looked so much more dangerous with him in there. So much of our, our chance creation is coming from that. It's just night and day to to have him in there. So I really, really, really hope that we can get another uh, either forward or another 10 or something in the January window so that we're not completely reliant creativity wise on one player. And that, you know, stagnates our entire offense when when he's not available or not playing at his best. Well, we saw what that looks like, right? I mean, we saw what happens when you you have a player that goes out you don't have anybody else that can do what he does, which, you know, to a certain extent, when you have amazing players, there's going to be some level of drop off when they're not there. Um, I think to your point, the issue was not so much that we didn't have a decky replacement. It was that we didn't have a replacement for the offense that he's that he creates. Um, it seemed like in some of those games felt like we couldn't even string three passes together. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the, the offense, I think, has been in an in, in issue in terms of us creating scoring opportunities. It feels like a lot of the goals that we did score this year were basically off of uh, set pieces. Um, that wasn't an issue on Saturday. It was more so the fact that we gave up three goals to Leeds United at home, had to fight back from being down a goal, then being down another goal, then being down another goal, um, and then finally taking the lead with about 10 minutes left. Um Kim, is this is this an existing issue that's just kind of showing its head now, or has our defense gotten worse? Uh, what do you, what what did you notice uh, in the Leeds match that that maybe is the same or different than than what we've been seeing up to this point? So I think we all had like an idea coming into the season that like yeah we would be pretty solid at the back and that we would build off that and move forward and it seems as if like we've just gotten progressively worse defensively over the course of the last month, I'd say. Um, It's not like we were ever keeping like a ton of clean sheets, but now it's like, it only takes like one pass to like cut us open at this point. 
Um, and I don't know. Giving, giving up a goal is different than giving up three, right? So that's that's I'm gonna another. do this. I'm gonna do this again on that second goal. Eric Dyer was again posi- the first goal. Eric Dyer was again positioned positioned very centrally, and Longley had to come over and try to defend that. So it's like. Uh, I don't want to see him again. I don't want to see Dyer on the right side. Like he's given up Play more Dave goals. Our new I feel like we've given up right. more goals in like the last three weeks than we probably have for the rest of the season. Like we gave up two goals to Forrest. We gave up three goals to Leeds. Like we're giving up too many goals at this point. And to me, that's where we got to. And not Probably like worldies, right? Like not like no. the <laughs> not like the Thomas Partey goal where you just kind of tip your hat and say, "Okay, you got it." Um, but some of these goals, like the the second goal that Leeds scored, was basically a broken play on a counter. The entire defense steps up, presumably to try to catch somebody offside, but nobody recovers, and then he gets a free shot at goal. Um, it's funny because it feels like when Dyer at the end of last season and the beginning of this season was on form, was killing it, was looking like, hey, this guy should probably be playing for England. He wasn't getting the call. And then it feels like as soon as he got the call to join the England team, um, his form has dropped off a cliff. So I don't know if they're related or not, but um, it does feel like um, his his game has really gotten pretty poor over the course of the past month or so. Uh, I want to bring in Jesse here because I already know that if, if I keep talking, it's going to get worse and worse. And and he did say before we started recording that he was going to bring some positivity. So um, I'm going to try to infuse that right from the onset before it, this gets really negative. Let's um, get it in the mixture early. I think, I mean, look, I'm just thinking league stuff right now. We're, we're third in, in goals for just, uh, just a couple behind, um, behind Arsenal and, and city, you know, expectedly is, uh, as well out in front of that with their deep and talented squad and, and, um, uh, and Erling Holland up front. So, uh, and that's with Kane basically being our only attacker that we relied on for goals being good. Sonny has been not good. Uh, Decky has been great when he's here, but um, has not been healthy as much. Bentoncourt is our second leading scorer with four. PH is joint third. We know all summer I was talking about I want to see PH going forward. I love that he's chipping in goals, but he can't be our third leading scorer. So the secondary scoring has been has been there. But Richarlson um, and Decky combined have one goal in the league. That's going to turn around. So, like, there's despite all these things, we're we're fourth. We're awful in the first half of the games, no denying there. But you know what? We're we find a way in the second half to get better every time. We're building a, a, a strong mentality. We're fighting back. Um, and yeah, it'd be a lot easier to win these games if we didn't have to come down from one oh two oh two one every single time. But this is kind of the first half of the season. Maybe this is the same sort of parallel of the first half of games. We're not that great. The first half of the season, we're just doing what we do to get to, you know, to get to the end um, or, or keep ourselves close enough to strike. Not fully the first half of the season. We've only played 15 games until 23 to go, but we're conserving energy and being a little bit more cautious in the first half of the season. I'm ready for a second half Spurs to, to see what happens. Okay. Um, especially with some of the guys. And, and I don't know a hundred percent if all these guys are staying back, but I feel pretty good that, like Conte is going to have more time either to work on formation or or or, um, or or tactics with, as well as get up to up to speed. Guys like Doc, um, Jed Spence, Emerson, Gil, and and Brian, he'll change the game. 
he's got time with those guys because they're not going to the World Cup. I don't think any of those guys are going to the World Cup. So he's going to have more time to to work on with some of those guys that will help, I think, our depth when these guys he can be trusted more. And Bazoom, I don't think Bazoom is going anywhere either. So I think having these guys over the over the winter um, to Conte to be working with on the reg, um, and especially as Biz is just starting to figure it out, he'll have more time to to really hone in on that. Um, and you've seen that stat, right, that he's already barely in 500, 600 minutes um, leads the league in whatever that weird stat was that was going around Twitter this week about that was that shots, was a cherry pick type stat shots on goal. Yeah, I didn't even I never heard that stat, and now I love that. I don't stat, think it is a stat. Yeah, shots on goal directly after as a he result turns over after the you've yeah. picked up. Oh, the, the Basuma stat. Yeah. yeah. So like yeah. that stuff is all encouraging to me. <laughs> um, and you know the guys that we've been counting on for for goals haven't besides Kane haven't done it yet. That's going to correct itself. Sonny's not going to have three goals. Um, it's our the, set uh, pieces yeah, that have saved us so year. far, yeah. right? That's that's our second leading score is set pieces at large. Our, our set piece coach, our our what you say, been, 15, 15 goal year striker, yeah. And then I think, and then like look at the 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 winter window as effective as it was last year. I'm not going to expect us to get two incredibly important, um, immediately folded in players because nobody does that in January or not not with any frequency, but. Um, Paratici is going to have time to cook. The teams aren't, he's not having to worry about, oh, shoot, well, I was working on this. Like, he's got a lot of free time in theory without having to worry about what's going on in the actual games and injuries, like those kind of things. With he's got a month and a half with no league games to go out and get on the phone with people and travel and see things. And so, I feel like we're going to make a couple of very nice signings in the January window and we'll be able to do a little bit more of that work ahead of time. Um, you know, while everyone's got eyes in the World Cup. So, Top four, despite most of the time not looking great, I, I, I don't think we're, our offense or our defense is going to continue to be this bad. I looked at the last handful of games um, at the end of the season last year, and I think in the last like seven or eight, we had given up one goal, one goal, zero, 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 one, zero, two, one, zero. So we've obviously done the opposite of that this year, but I think we're going to figure it out. So we have not looked great yet. We're still top four. Um, and have advanced into the the championship. That's all you can ask is is top four and keep moving at this point. And we we've been doing that. Let me ask you, um, Richarlison. Uh, like you said, it's only been fifteen games, uh, including a few uh, cup matches in the Champions League. But how do you how do you feel about that signing at this point? Still a very likable guy, but he hasn't really. Uh delivered in terms of numbers. He's also obviously had the injury problem. Um, he's he's obviously, like I said, he's an incredibly likable dude. Um, at the time of, of the signing, I still thought it was kind of a, you know, a weird way to spend was a 60 million. Um, but if, if uh, Conte likes him and then we're trying to prove that to Conte that we're committed, that was kind of my thought thinking at that point. Plus we had, we had just uh, learned that we had 150 in the uh, kitty to play with. So I was not as, upset with that as I would have been in say seasons past the, like, the war chest <laughs> yeah the, 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 we still haven't seen the, the the results of that come to fruition yet but um but no I mean I don't know what are what other options were out there I guess it, yeah he I mean he like I said he is likable I still think he'll come good but this is what we kind of knew about him is that he was not he's not a primarily a goal scorer and he's not really primarily a playmaker He's more of a uh, spark plug or something along those lines, right? He's just a really feisty player that gets himself amped up, gets his opponents amped up, gets his teammates amped up. He does create, uh, you know, some crazy chaos. He, he seems like a, a, a really good super sub 
but I never really saw him as uh, likely to, you know, supplant Kane, Son, or Decky in those front three spots, which is why, again, I was not completely sold on that move, but I understand what they're trying to do there is just create depth and, and quality of depth. And yeah. And, and mix it up a little bit because he he's not really he, if anything he's probably closest to Lucas to be honest and I know that's a that's not a Brazilian or Brazilian comparison so much as a, a chaos an agent of chaos comparison um but well Charles is imminently more likable than Lucas other than that one night in Amsterdam I mean I think speaking of him kind of being there as an available option to back up uh the front three um a little surprising to see him playing on Wednesday, but not starting. And, and instead we still started Kane at the front and uh, the, the lineup I thought was, was pretty interesting. Yeah. We, 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 we did talk about it a little bit. Um, I know that we weren't necessarily surprised to see such a strong lineup for uh, the third round of the Carabao cup, but it still did feel a little, I don't even know what the right word is, but um, especially with us having a must-win game against Leeds um, three days later, I was surprised to see him have so many of his starting 11 in that lineup. Um, and despite that, we still didn't score a goal and, and lost to a team that just got promoted. Um, and they were playing their B team too, weren't they? Like they, I think they had more changes than we did. I just it shows how little trust Conte has in in outside of that core, you know, what, 14 or 15 players at this point that are just not going to get any any serious game time for the foreseeable future. I mean, maybe things change in the second half, maybe uh, like Jesse was talking about where some of these players have a little bit of time to to, you know, be worked more with one on one with Conte. Uh, that maybe that trust will develop, but I'm trying to think. I mean, other than well, yeah, we I mean, about I, Hill, we talked I, about. I do think that we'll see more Basuma starts in the second half of the season. He seems to have have started gaining that trust yeah. over the last um, like I'm, month or I'm so. I'm not super confident on, in the rest of them. Um, Kim, when you saw the lineup for Wednesday, what were your thoughts, and and what did you anticipate you were going to see? Um, my thoughts on Wednesday were why are we playing these guys again? We basically put out the same team like three days later and we have another <laughs> game in like another three days. So it's like, I thought, why are we playing Kane, honestly? Um, and I just thought we should have played some of the kids just to give them a chance. Like, where are you going to give them a chance? The Carabao Cup, like that's the place. Um, and if we're going to basically throw the game anyways, you really should have played them at this point um, because no one looked like they were up for it from the beginning there was never a point in that match where i was like i mean i watched most of it on mute because i was at work um i put it on mute because i was uh on a call and i just never turned it back on because i just never felt like i had to <laughs> and um that's about right yeah so I, it it just felt unnecessary and it just felt like we were putting guys in a position to injure themselves and i didn't like it um i want to quickly talk about richarlison because uh, you got we moved on but to me he hasn't really played in the best positions for him. I think a lot of times he's been placed on the right. I don't think he's a right winger and I don't think he works well on the right. And I feel like Conte in the beginning when he, well, we shouldn't see he, that anymore anyway. Yeah. When he could and should have sat son, um, he ended up sitting Kulosevsky, which in hindsight really looks like a bad idea, but um 
Yeah, I'd rather it like one at the him. time. Even I think we were talking about that <laughs> yeah. one at the time. It, it did, but it looks even worse now. It that, does. Now yeah. that we see how much well, especially he was missed, and when how opposed when apparently Conte <laughs> is to to having Richarlison spell Kane a little bit. Like I just I, I don't understand that one. Well, yeah. we've also I, seen manager after manager just not rest Kane and not rest Son. Um, I mean, a large part of the reason is because we had, you know, your Vincent Janssens and your Carlos Viniciuses. Um, so, like, we didn't want to play them, and that's kind of just what yeah, happened. Your but, don't forget about that guy. Yeah, I can't. I can't don't put Vinny that. in the same boat as Janssen. Janssen didn't do anything. Vinny scored some goals in cups. Janssen scored goals never. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, All right. Vincent Janssen's going to the World Cup. You better put some respect <laughs> he on his is. name. He is. He can be fine, but but Vinicius scored some goals occasionally. Like, Didn't he have a, a, a hat trick in front of the farmers and then uh, celebrated <laughs> in their little stadium that has yeah. backyards directly abutting it? Yeah, what's, oh, what, team, what team is that? Uh, I, I think it was Marine. Marine. Yeah, but but yeah, it, it just felt like I don't know that we just did not show up for that match and it it just it was annoying to see. Oh no, that's what happened. To be clear, we definitely did not show up for the match. It's just very I don't know, I still don't know what to make of that game because um like you said, the lineup seemed too strong for what we were trying to accomplish that week. Um and then to play a strong lineup and still play a really weak performance it is just puzzling. I don't know what to make of it, especially after the Leeds game. It'd be one thing if if Leeds came out and battered us three nil, then I'd say, oh, well, the guys are just not, you know, they. I mean, that would be a completely different podcast episode. But they scored four goals three days later against probably a better team. Um, yeah, no, I, the, the, I think the the uh, care, the Carabao Cup game was almost like a first half that extended for two halves. Like our team didn't really show up until the very end of the game when they kind of tried to play for a little bit of something. But I don't remember us really ever gaining control. I mean, admittedly, I was, you know, not exactly paying close attention to the game because like like Kimmy was saying, it, it got very boring very quickly. It, the, the stakes were so low. To see us play our starters was disappointing. To go down early, I'm just like, of course, you know. I And I, and, and a comeback would have been good, I guess, but it's still, in that game, it doesn't really do much for us there except for get us more games that we have to play with, you know, in a super congested well, they, schedule. Well, they actually so. didn't score till the 50th minute. Um, I will say, you know, they did – have a ton of opportunities and shout out to Fraser Forster because I mean I think if we had Golini back there instead of him the, the <laughs> score might have been five nil um I thought he looked good I was happy I to so see too. uh the performance I'm, I'm I'm disappointed that they couldn't have helped him out a little bit and maybe he would have gotten the win um but his big frame is really something to be commended I think he's like he was a solid starter for Southampton. At least he was he was a uh, he was trading he was trading matches with with McCarthy, I think, during his last his last season there. So like he's a player that can play in the Premier League. I think that's really important to have um a player like that, especially somebody who's like six seven and just hard to get the ball past. Um he, so he's probably the one bright spot that I would say. Um I know a lot of people have had a lot to say about Jed Spence. We finally got to see him for a half hour. Um, he looks pretty bright going forward, I guess. Um, I mean, I don't know how much to read into it, honestly. Um, I, I'm, I'm also 
hesitant to get too excited because I, I don't know when I'll see him play football again. Any other takeaways other than Forster? Um, I missed that whole game. I forgot that it was happening. And then I saw like a, well, a so tweet did Spurs, or something that we were, so. we were down to. I was like, all right, cool. I'm not watching this. I think generally it felt, it felt better. It was fine to lose until a bunch of our rivals for top four also lost. And I was like, well, no, that's less cool now. Cause I wanted you all to have more games to compete with, especially like Arsenal when they don't have, obviously they're in Europa, but they don't have the same pressure of champions league. Like I wanted them to have as many games as, as, as possible and have to deal with that a little bit more. Um, so that was a little bit of a bummer. Like it's fine if we lost, but then it was kind of like, well, shoot, well, if we would have won, we would be playing against much lesser teams and have a better chance of winning a trophy. But or if we lost and it's like, OK, great. If all the other big teams win, at least they've got more more congestion in their in their schedule and, and we'll see how they handle it. But um, before I flip it back to one of you, I, I just want to correct the record to put some respect on my boy Vinny's name in 22 appearances for Tottenham across all competitions. He had 10 goals and three assists. You compare that to Vinny Jansen in 42 appearances. He had six and four. OK, so we're talking 10 goal involvements in 42 for Jansen. And 13 and 22, quite a different clip for our boy Vinicius. That's it. I don't, th- I don't think anybody was uh, was actually arguing for Jansen. We're just not giving Vinicius be in the quite as much credit though. as you. Jansen and Soldado, same sentence. And then Llorente and weird Vinicius fun, in the same Weird, sentence. funny fact, though. All right. So I only went, I only got to go to one Spurs game at the old White Hart Lane. And in that game, it was 4 0 Spurs beat Bournemouth. It was the, right at the end of the year, that last season at White Hart Lane. On the goal score sheet, though, um, it was Kane, Son, and then wait for it, Dembele offered one of his how many 10 goals oh, in wow. his career. And then the last one was, you guess it, Vinny Janssen. <laughs> so it was a very weird uh, quartet to score those four goals. Wow. Two mainstays and two, what, that guy scored? So maybe, maybe I'm, uh, I remember Janssen slight now. I don't remember him that well, so <laughs> I'll, I'll not even go there. Well, speaking but, of unconventional goal scorers, um, I, I'm pretty sure the Ben Tanker kit is confirmed uh, for February. Yeah. So um, I, <laughs> I am so in love with this guy. Well, did I just, you see? He, I can't he get scored, it up. He scored more goals now for Spurs than he did for Juve, and was it Boca? One of the one of the uh, Argentinian. Yeah, that's what I saw or, as well. I'll uh, I'll stat check that while we're yeah. uh, while we're talking. <laughs> he scored more goals though in his his short you know Tottenham career so far than he has basically in his entire professional career. So hopefully, uh, well, he scored more goals than uh, Gio Lacelso did either. So um, got five on the season, which is like, and they've all come like in the last in high like, leverage two, goals, yeah, two or three weeks. Um, like he had that one at Bournemouth, he had that one in the Champions League, he had these two today. Like he's just. I, I just feel like he's putting himself in the box yeah. <laughs> in I mean, a way I, that yeah. we didn't see before. Um, I feel like Conte is giving his midfielders more license to get into the box. And I that's think for sure. Yeah, he had playing, this year. playing with the midfield three helps that obviously whenever Eve's sure. back there, that, that helps a lot. I, I have to just, point and we're not out getting because... back on defense anyway, so you might as well, get <laughs> might as well go forward. Well, one of the better examples of that against, um, against Leeds, the best example was seeing Davidson Sanchez getting forward. Like, what was that dude doing? He was in the box. He was putting in some like little playmaking passes. He actually, he actually for real looked kind of good. I wonder if he saw Dyer's performance a couple weeks ago and was like, I might be able to do that. And well, just I do think that was a, that was a part of the plan is to to kind of push uh, one of the 
the sided center backs forward. I know in many of the matches last season, that was a role that Ben Davis employed on the left. Um, he seems to be doing it more on the right. This season, which I imagine has something to do with Emerson Royals' inability to go forward. Um, so we saw Dyer doing that over the past. He can go forward. Matches. He just he can't kick a ball very well. Yeah, that's right. Oh my gosh, that missed. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> That was that was terrible. Although that it looked like he he almost got booed off during the sub, which made me feel a little bad for him. I mean, I you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't love I don't, the booing Emerson Royale. I mean, if he has certain incapabilities as a player. It's not him. He just, you know. he should not be getting that many minutes. It's like, again, it's Conte almost putting him in a position to show how ineffectual he is over and over and over. Yeah. But I'm saying like, even last episode, we talked about like, you know, fans booing their own team, right? Like I, a player that doesn't yeah, know how to 100%. cross the ball, that's not boo worthy for me. Right. Like, yeah. It's a player not giving effort. That's the only thing that's yes, boo worthy. It's a player yes. actively not putting his, his, you know, either going against something or just not, not putting in the effort, but a player obviously trying or, you know, a guy, a guy, and, and a guy scores three own goals or something like yeah. that. Then you yeah, sure boo him. <laughs> uh, Man, that would be a terrible day. Benton Kerr has five and two this year across all competitions. And previously in his career, he had three goals and 18 assists and 180 appearances for Juve and one and three for Boca juniors. So in 39 uh, appearances for us, he's got five and six. So, I mean, football is a confidence game too, right? I remember there was a couple times last year where he was like in clear on goal and then just like passed back. One of them was for a decade assist, I think in the last game of the season against Norwich, but it was like, dude, take that yourself. And so kind of goals begets goals. So now if he's seeing the, the ball hit the back of the net, it's like, I can take this shot. Like, cause if you're thinking that, if you're like, Hey, especially being around who he's around, it's like, I should make this pass because my shot, even if I have a good look, Kane at a weird angle or Sonny with a head of steam is a better opportunity for a goal. Not that he's calculating XG in his mind, but he knows like, hey, this is not my job as much. I should. But he kind of is. As, but as when a, he does, yeah, he's as a midfielder, is. you are kind of calculating. And he's like, oh, it's part of your rate. Like, let me get this off. But now that he's seeing him, himself put a couple, uh, tickle the onion bag a couple of times, like maybe he ends up with another four or five this year because he he realizes, hey, I can make these shots. Like if I've got the right situation, I'm not going to all of a sudden start heat checking and trying curlers from 30 yards out. But if I've got the good look, I'll freaking put a, put a, put my foot through it. Plus yeah, he's, seeing, of, he's seeing Hoybier score all those goals. He's like, Hey, what the hell, man? I want to get in on the, action. I can do that too. My thing yeah. about him that I really, really do enjoy is when he is in the box, if the ball comes to him and he sees the opportunity now, he's very quick about taking the shot. It's he's not sitting there and thinking about what should I do? He's like right away chest it down i'm gonna take the shot so it's like i can you can tell that maybe he's starting to bang them in in training and he's seeing them go in the net there and that carried over to the game but i feel like he's he's a player that is very instinctual he doesn't seem to like think too much on the ball he glides across the pitch he moves the ball quickly um and i feel like he's now doing that in the box which is very very nice honestly because we would have lost uh two or three games <laughs> in the past two weeks if it wasn't for him when going back also to, to Decky being back in the starting lineup and, and restoring some balance to our attack, one of the things that I think is so um, impressive about him is just his – it's what Jesse was talking about earlier of, with Bentoncourt, but his ability to decide when to take a shot and when to make a pass just seems better than anybody else on our team, right? Kane and Son do get overly selfish sometimes. <laughs> Uh, we did see the, the cooler the one time last year where he tried to pass the sun when he should have taken the shot. And then he had that 
there was that great post online where him him going through that whole scenario and what was going on in his mind. And he knew it was a bad decision, but everybody was pulling for Sun to get that golden boot. But um, yeah, again, I'm just thrilled to see Decky back, and and I hope that obviously that he doesn't get injured and that we don't see a bunch of Lucas and or Richarlison playing on the right for some reason. Um, Cause yeah, Decky just really seems to be the biggest difference maker pretty much outside of Kane on this team. He's got to be the most important player, right? Oh yeah. 100%. Especially this year with uh son, just not really having it right now. And I do wonder and hope that uh, this break will spring life anew. And maybe when he comes back after playing for Korea, he's uh, he's he's back to the the sunny of old. Um, about Kulisevsky, I mean the the thing about him, like he he plays, it's it's almost like he's he's like gliding when he dribbles the ball, right? It just it just looks so it's that Dembele thing almost, right? Where yeah, just... it's 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 very it's very gracious. I mean, I I think that you know I've I've described Bentaker this way, but I think Bentaker is more of a tidy player. Um, like I, I feel confident that he's going to be able to control the ball. He'll win the ball back. He'll make the right pass. Um, he's just very tidy. He's very neat with the way that he plays. Um, whereas um, Kulisevsky has more of a, uh, uh, an artistic flow to his game. And even that, that uh, play that he made for the final goal, I mean, all Bentinger had to do was open up his body and tap the ball in. I mean, Kulisevsky getting to that spot and then passing it at the right moment where the goalkeeper comes out. I mean, it's just like that. We're not scoring that goal when he's not playing on our team. He seems to be deceptively pacey or something too. Cause there's a number of times that you'll see a ball go over to his side of the wing that you don't think he's going to catch up to or beat his player. And it's not like he's just burning past players, but he's got enough pace to be the first one to the ball. He has a long stride. And then, yeah. And then just some tricky little touch or a dummy or a touch that'll take it in a, I guess, an angle the defender just didn't think it was going to be. I mean, that the uh, that goal right at the end of, against Leeds was a great example. The defender basically got sat down by him. You know, like he he seems to just, I don't even know what it is. Like I said, he must play it at a slightly different angle to what most players do. It just seems to constantly, uh, again, just beat a defender with something that doesn't look that flashy and you're not even quite sure how he did it, which again goes back to how Dembele was other than him just shrugging defenders off physically too. But um, it's just, yeah, something silky, like you said. Yeah, the thing I think about Kulusevsky is he's just a really, really smart player. So he sets himself up for success before people even realize what he's doing. So like on that last goal, he sees the two defenders. They're not paying attention to him. So he makes the run and he, he gets to the byline because he's just off the mark before they are because he knows they're backtracking and he makes the run. The ball comes to him. And that's why he's able to, you know, glide around them so quickly because he's like, before they've even thought about what they're going to do, he's already doing what he's going to do. And when you have a guy that like can think ahead, that makes the game, well, it makes it easier for them because people they're they're yeah. working off what other people are doing before they even do it um and yeah it's like, it's like he does that a lot that's a good point though it's like what people always talked about especially with ledley king right when he couldn't even get out there for training it was his positioning and his awareness and so it's 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 the mental aspect of the game and to consider that kulisevsky is 22 and he's out there doing this it's it's pretty incredible can't say enough about that guy that's why i have no, a kulisevsky sure. kit this year yeah no, same <laughs> same, same. <laughs> Gotta go with the RB man. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going full on Benson Kerr. No, I mean it's, it's, I it's not, not a bad call. 
I have a feeling I'm going to get the uh, the blue one and put Benton Corn on the back of that one. You got to. Not the uh, scuba, not the scuba. <laughs> no, that scuba shirt is awful. <laughs> I said blue, and that one is mostly blue. So you know, you, yeah, you no, gotta, I that, yeah, I don't know what. Yeah, that I kind of like that. getting the, I kind of like getting the most terrible kits in some ways too, though, because they they're going to be hilarious in like five to ten years when you look back, you're like, remember this one? <laughs> I feel like that's what everybody did last year when they bought that galactic the shirt. Yeah, that that's, I I definitely got that one. Like I said, if there's not a really nice one, just give me the loudest, weirdest one. You know. Give me one with I a mean, collar it's, it, or it's certainly a, uh, memorable map of North London. I, mean, I thought the Galactic kit, kit was bad, but this uh, scuba one just <laughs> took it really? to a new level. The <laughs> Galactic really one the I bought because it's awesome. The scuba one just sucks just because it sucks. <laughs> so we must it have is, the same kit then because yes, I also got the Galactic decky. So it is really bad. Um, yeah, I, I haven't I haven't gotten a shirt yet this season. I haven't gotten one really since um, I think 1920 when we had like the the purple and black uh, stripes at the top one. Isn't it crazy? Um, Sorry, but to, to, not to derail this, but just again, coming from the Americans perspective, isn't it crazy that somehow that they every single team releases three new kits every single year and the, and the U.S. sports haven't caught on to that yet? I love it. It's amazing. Like the, we do I have get, those. I get excited in the summer when they announce what the shirts right. are going to be. And then you got it's all obviously the a racket, but it's like kind of a legit racket, which is, you know, <laughs> it's, it's great. Norm, it's great. I mean, the it's NBA like the, uh, the NBA. I was going to say they, they, yeah. they do those ones where it's like uh, like the Phila or whatever, like the, you know, I'm the city edition jerseys. Exactly. Those are and yeah. those are pretty cool looking most of the time. I think the NFL started doing that a little bit, too. But yeah, the NFL to, finally started doing different helmets <clears throat> and some stuff this year, but but nobody buys a helmet. No, 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 no. But I think that like some of the stuff just comes down to you want your your product not to get too and down to the sports marketing rabbit hole, but you want your product, you want to be able to, to turn the TV on and you immediately know who's playing. That's what the the argument for consistent jerseys, consistent colors. You flip on a uh I flip on we don't have that in the Premier League. Uh, no, right. I flip on a Premier League game sometimes, like, uh, and I'm just like, who, who, who's playing right now? I remember <laughs> some of the thirds. So, and there's only like 20 I... teams. So when you have 32 teams and more and a lot of casual fans in the U.S. watching, you want to be people like, oh, okay, that's Washington versus Philadelphia. You know, like tonight, Monday Night Football, when we're recording. So that's the argument behind it. Again, you could you could take a few more chances, even if you have rules like you know stay within some of the colors. But like, yeah, because sometimes if if like there are games when I, you know, if I forget what our thirds are that you'll flip them on, I'm like, which what are we? Oh, right. We're the, that one, like, you know, some years. So, Cause it's, it gets a little For bit sure. crazy. There is some crazy coloration. And I remember when I first started, there were three teams wearing Claret and blue, which you would never even see in us sports, but it was Burnley, West Ham. And I think Birmingham city. Villa. All wore, oh, Villa. That's one yeah, of the best color yeah. combinations across sports. And you're right. It's not, it's not anywhere else. I don't think except for the premier League. I don't, I don't even know if it's in any of the other, other leagues. European leagues. Yeah. Right? It's a beautiful combination. Yeah, it's like that sky blue and, and maroon uh, claret. I hadn't even heard the color claret before that. I would I would have called that maroon or something like that before that. It's, it's probably just a British phrase for maroon. You know, they like to... <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be our, our maroon is a, is an American phrase for claret, I guess. Well, right, but you know. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> we, we do everything first, even though we never do. There um, you go. The first <laughs> recorded use of wine as a color name, because like claret is like it falls in the wine category. Wine, right. In English, was in 1705, so it's definitely some British shit. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, there you oh, go. Isn't the, the claret jug in one of the uh, the golf uh, majors, right? I'm trying to remember which one. Is that the Masters? No, the no Masters that's the, the Open. The, the Open, the open yep. not the British Open, just the Open. Yeah. Because um, it's the oldest major. But yeah, not it's just silver or of a silver variety. It's definitely not of a maroon I think color. Claret, claret must be because it's supposed to hold wine, I guess. Look at the Otherwise, big brain on Ben, figuring it all out. But <laughs> one, one plus one does equal two, right? Well, it depends on who you ask. This is the Khoisar Us podcast. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at Khoisar Us podcast, C-O-I-S-R-U-S podcast. Um, we're coming up to a World Cup break. We've got some exciting games on the way. The World Cup starts in exactly one week. Um, we've got a few players heading over there. Harry Kane, Hyunming Sun, Hugo Lloris, Christian Romero, who I forgot played for Spurs. A bunch of players going over there. We have um, actually, I think it's 11 players, on 10 different countries. So we have the most, I think we have the most countries represented at the World Cup on our squad. Which is a good and a bad thing, I guess, depending on your outlook. Is that counting, uh, is that counting Papa Matasar? Is he it sure is. He counts. He counts. He's country number 10. How is he not getting a minute or two in there, too? And that's go back to this whole thing. But, man, Conte, he's really run this thing thin with not subbing or using anything ever. Just the same. Well, we'll get yeah. back to Spurs in a second. But um, with this break coming up and, and Spurs – not having another game for five or six weeks, um, not until Boxing Day, actually. Um, what are you looking forward to the most from this World Cup break, whether it's actual football or something else? Yeah, I mean, the World Cup is always fun to watch, obviously. Uh, so it's I'm looking forward to that, although the um, it's going to be wild with the politics of it. We've, we've, we've talked about sports yeah. watching and all that. Yeah, uh, You can already see... A lot of stuff. Like there was a report today where they were moving the the beer sales. Like Budweiser just found out this morning they're moving it away from like the I can't remember exactly where they're moving it, but away from the like so they'll basically be hidden in, in corners where you can go get beer rather than having it more out in the open that people course, are drinking the, beer there. The perfect fan experience. Right. And then you saw Hugo with the whole, you know, basically the, the rainbow uh uh captain's band. Yeah. yeah, just basically the nice way of saying that sports and politics should be, you know, be kept separate, which, you know, the political people aren't doing it. So I don't see why the, uh, you know, athletes and those people should adhere to a different set of rules. But I get that it's obviously a little tough, you know, for you to come out and speak against uh, potentially half your fans or whatever the, the political divide is. This is that good old MJ thing, right, about Republicans buy shoes, too. Um and then it's also just tough, obviously, if you're going to a country that's as uh, well, theocratic or uh, conservative as as uh, as they are in Qatar or Qatar. I still want to figure out how to pronounce that one of these days. But... Theocratic was a nice way to put it, man. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot more there. words you could have used there, but um... yeah, there's some human human rights uh, issues. Anyway, uh, I guess I mean that's that the the the, the only thing to look forward to really is that because other than that it's a disruption to our season without our players getting any rest adding more minutes adding more uh potential for tiring obviously the the US and and England being in the same group is going to be pretty fun oh, yeah. I think they're yeah I think there're a lot of people and is it was Wales in that group too Wales, Wales. and Iran yeah, yeah. I know Iran yeah, it's, it's the group it Iran people America used to be owned by or people America tried to own Group. That that would be a that'd be a huge group. Can you imagine how many people would be in that group if it was okay, some America of the people own? America has tried Whoa. to? Yeah, <laughs> no, but um, I mean, no more than England. 
No, definitely no more than England. Definitely not more than England. England England leads the world in that that whole uh, category. So, um, but yeah, no, them and France will be in the final. The only thing I'm really looking forward to is just the good old World Cup. It's fun to watch games. It's you know national teams at the highest level. Um, Well, Euros are arguably higher level, but one of the highest levels. And now you bring the whole world into it, having South America there. It's always fun. So this year's going to be weird, but it should still be fun to watch the games at least. I mean, as as a Spurs fan, I'm obviously a sucker for the underdog. So, um, I'm I'm all in on Wales, baby. I want to see a, a a Gareth Bale swan song. I got my boy Ben Davis in there, uh, playing on the left. So I'm I'm all about Wales, at least for the three games that I know they will play. Um, hopefully, there will be more than three. So that's that's number one. I think other than that, I, I I'm really interested to see just as a fan of the sport, how Brazil and and Argentina fare. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's interesting to see these two South American countries in a sport that is, is generally dominated by European teams. I mean, obviously Brazil's won the most, most world cups out of anyone. Um, So they're not, Uruguay is an interesting one there too because they're just tiny yep. and they punch above their weight for yep. decades now. And, they, and they've got they've got some some players on there. Well, we got uh, Benfica well. there, so that's a good another yeah. reason. To yeah, for sure. So I am interested to see uh, the the South American teams how they fare and just you know the whole narrative behind Messi's final cup and and I think regardless of how that plays out, it's going to be an interesting storyline. So so those are those are the two things I'm I'm looking forward to the most. And speaking of Gareth Bale, did you see that ridiculous header that he had for LAFC? Yeah, he was like his Thanks. third or fourth touch. Clinical. What a player. I mean, Dunk. that's that's kind of like I just expect magic when he's on the pitch. Um, unfortunately, Jose never figured that out. I'm still salty about it. Um, <laughs> but I do feel like if he's on the pitch, something is going to happen. Um, hopefully, they, they can get out of the group. Um, but I, I do feel like something... In, in at least those first three games will be worth the watch. Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it um, as well. Um, it's the week of Thanksgiving here in the U.S., so I um, took off the week because I only have to actually take off half the week to get the whole week off. So I probably will be watching a lot in between trying to get things together for the meal for Thanksgiving. But it should be should be a good um, should be a good World Cup, like you said. Uh, there's a lot of teams that you think could challenge for it. I think it's, it feels kind of wide open in a way that I don't know that it's, you know, been in quite a while um, where you can, you can name like six or seven teams that you're like, Oh, they could win the world cup. Um, so I, I think that will be pretty fun just to, just to see the guys play, but I will just also do a little complaining about the fact that it is happening in November as opposed to June. Um, and I, I just think for like player welfare, it's not great. Um, you you see guys already breaking down and it's only November. So it'll be interesting to see how people come out of it. Um, it's funny that you, you're in a way that you don't normally see. There are like actual injured guys on rosters just in case they find a way to get healthy before, I guess. Uh, their teams get out so like Sadio Mane got called up for Senegal which I mean you kind of feel like you have to call him up because it's Mane and he's the reason they're there in the first place um, but it's it is kind of disappointing that you, you've seen so many injuries over the last couple of weeks of guys who 
are just playing for their club team, doing what they're supposed to do. But um, yeah, Reese James, injuries happen. Um, But yeah, other than that, definitely looking forward to just seeing how everybody plays and seeing what kind of footballs out there. I know where Jesse's going with this, so I'm I'm just gonna let him go ahead and say it. I'm looking forward to to seeing US uh, young team. It's exciting. I mean, I'm looking forward to watching uh, watching all the games. Um, it's, it's see, been a you see while. your boy get a red card on Saturday. How was that? Yeah, yeah. I was. I told I, you I, those I, Americans I, wouldn't score. I my prediction. You. I wanted. Uh, you know, let's let's while we can dog me for saying that we were going to win four two. Uh, with with Adams and uh, Aronson uh, scoring, let's let's not forget that I'm pretty. I was pretty freaking close to predicting the game score you too. Were by close. The way. You were close. You were close. But I think you know the biggest thing for me is uh, yeah. I'm just it's great. Like I, I have my my daughter's four and a half, and I have like terrific memories of when she was born in the summer. She was born June 21st, right in the middle of the last World Cup, and my wife and I just watching a bunch of bunch of games with our daughter sleeping on our our chest, and now I get to you know watch games with her and then in four more years hopefully get to actually go to world cup games um with her so it's a really cool thing to to see and um i'm super excited to, to watching all the games i um i wish the games especially with my recent move to central time i'm a bit bummed at the 5 a.m start times because they're 4 a.m here so i probably am not going to be really seeing very many of uh, of those but uh, otherwise it's just gonna be nice having four different windows of uh of top level soccer on throughout the first throughout the group stage um but yeah i think it, it should be fun I'll, I'll hopefully just just like to see i don't know like i either rather england win the whole thing to see harry get you know be, be the be the captain that, that does it or i'd rather see england lose in the first round of knockouts so he can you know he can get some rest um you know so i, I think yeah it, it'll be interesting but yeah super excited to watch it it's going to be very weird especially on Sunday. Saturdays and Sundays is just going to be nonstop football and football going, um, you know, from uh, for all day. Um, so, yeah, super excited. But, yeah, uh, cautiously optimistic. I went to three national team, U.S. national team qualifiers this year, two in Columbus, one in Cincinnati. So um, was I saw those were three of their best. Those ended up being three of their best results. And so um, I'm, I'm hopeful to, to see uh, to see them do well. I'm not looking forward to seeing the U.S. kits on the pitch. They're not great. In my there's opinion, some bad, there's some um, bad shirts out there based on what I've seen, not just yeah. the U.S. Yeah, probably, probably Nike's doing, you know how they do. Um, God. Well, real quick, uh, before we go, um, you know, we have about a third of the season now done, 15 games gone and 24 left to play. Before we wrap up, I would be interested to hear we could just kind of go round robin style. What is one thing you are looking forward to in the second half of the season for Spurs? Um, I am looking forward to playing with a healthy Decky in more games and hopefully getting a true replacement for him during the maintenance window or the, yeah, sorry, the transfer window. <laughs> yeah, that, much, I like maintenance yeah, window. We should stick with work that. on the brain. That's pretty there, good. Yeah. Yeah, the transfer window, hopefully it will be even close to as successful as it was last year. And and in particular, again, in finding that playmaker that can support or slash backup Decky. I think seeing a, a more cohesive team, obviously the improved defense will start. But yeah, I think seeing, seeing a healthy, hopefully none of our guys pick up anything serious at World Cup, but seeing how good this team can be because I think some of the results, some of the stuff we've seen has been really good, mostly some of the halves, but we haven't put a very 
uh, we haven't put together a week or we haven't put together two weeks of looking really good. Like we did different at different points towards the end of last season. So with this team, I'm like looking forward to seeing this team at the peak of its powers, which I, I think we'll see in, in January and February, hopefully into, into April and May. Yeah. And I, I guess I would say, you know, uh, both of those things definitely, but um, I'm looking forward to knockout stage champions league matches. Um, it's been quite a while since we've been able to say we're in the round of 16 and we have a home and away fixture at a very nice matchup that, um, you know, we could win, we could lose, but it'll be fun just to be able to, you know, talk about knockout football again. Yeah. Champions league was, 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 uh, on the top of my list as well. Um, I will say, obviously the, the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to in the second half of the season is, is my trip to London because I will be going up there for the West Ham match in February, um, which is actually the same week as the away fixture uh, in Milan. So my plan is to go up there probably early like that Monday, um, watch the away fixture somewhere in Tottenham with with some local fans and then uh, go to the West Ham game that weekend. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to us still being in the champions league three months from now. Um, and I think the other thing that I'm really looking forward to is I'm approaching this third one with caution, but, but the January window, I think this is a really, really important make or break window for how we can, um, progress through the rest of this season. Um, I also think this season as a whole has a lot of implications for, just the future of Spurs with Conte's contract ending. It does feel like he wants to feel like he's building something before he resigns. I do feel confident that he will, but I do think that um, backing him in the January window is going to be very huge in terms of his committal commit commitment to the club. Um, I also think when you look at our two star players, Sonny and Kane, they're now both, uh, 29, 30 years old. And so like, it's now kind of getting to the do or die time of, of, of their careers and, and making the most that we can with them. So this, this window and the rest of the season really do feel important for the future of the club. And, and for that reason, I really do want to see us um, really be strategic and hopefully we, we can do what we did last January and, and bring in some players that will really help us make that push um, get that top four place and they'll also be in a, a good month before we have our first champions league match so um that that's something yeah, what is to what does uve's uh scrap heap look like right at the moment <laughs> <laughs> yeah you got any more of them rejects Juve? <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean they, they should have a pretty decent side i will say though juve's kind of turned it around they've won six league matches in a row and they're they're now up to third in Serie A. so who knows? Uh, maybe they have some good players that they that they're they're not making use of. We know Paratici likes to scrap around in in, in Italian league football for for players. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, like I said, we'll we'll try to come back at some point before the break ends uh, to talk a little bit more about transfers, to talk a little bit more about the second half of the season, and and maybe even we'll maybe we'll do some World Cup stuff as well. Until then. Enjoy the World Cup and come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Yanks. <laughs> Ruined it. Ruined it.